You ready? Let's go. All right. Week three of Beatitudes. We're excited for this. Um, last week, you guys were, I'm sure, challenged with me to, to, to really uh, to, to, to continue to have faith, to continue to trust, to continue to sit at the feet of Jesus like we see these disciples doing at the Sermon on the Mount. Such an important time in the teaching because he's showing them about what the future is going to look like and understanding that in this world you will have trouble again and how to handle these troubles when they come along. So important for us. We can't control what happens in life. All we have is our response, right? You're with me on this. And we see this dichotomy forming that Jesus is trying to help us to understand, an understanding of the kingdom of heaven versus our own kingdom. And again, you heard me say that it's important for us to work hard, to build a life, to do well, but it's so important for us to also understand that God's kingdom is paramount. And what he wants to do is build this kingdom in you so that that kingdom can be built in someone else. What does this kingdom look like? Servanthood. It looks like servanthood. It looks like becoming a lowly servant that Jesus exhibited while he was here on earth. So he gives us these beatitudes, this understanding that we're supposed to have as, as we, we build this life because this kingdom is coming and it's coming now and it's coming in you. It's repent for the kingdom is near in you so that that kingdom can also be in others, okay? So we see this is the way as we, we share this message, repent meaning to turn, we share this message with others so that they too can be filled with this hope and understanding that regardless of what's happening in life, they can be blessed. What does it mean to be happy, to be fortunate, right? An understanding, that's what this blessing looks like, okay? So as we continue on in this understanding, we, we see another opportunity, all right? Another opportunity on the Sermon of the Mount. Again, last week it was blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Today we're looking at blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. You can continue to read the context on your own. You can see it on the screen before you. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. I don't know about you guys, but again, this is some upside down kingdom stuff here. You mean when I mourn, I will be comforted? Just those words together in a lot of ways just don't make sense when you're in the midst of mourning, right? When you're in the midst of a situation, you're like, how am I supposed to find comfort in this? Jesus is painting the picture that there will be things in your life that will change drastically. You will see things die within you, die around you, or in literal loss as well of people and friends, a depiction of what would happen. But it's an understanding that in these moments, we will have comfort. So we have to unpackage this and see what this looks like. But let's, let's define this, this understanding of to mourn, what it means. A verb without an object, okay? This will make sense in just a moment. To feel or express grief or sorrow. To show the customary signs of grief grief for a death, okay? You've seen that before. A lot of times if we go to a funeral, what do you typically wear? Black, a sign of mourning, okay? These are these things that you see as an understanding. To murmur mournfully, not even able to, to articulate words at some points. And you may see this word here and you may see this description without an object and you can see that I've felt that before. That's something that I've embodied from time to time when I've experienced loss. And again, loss isn't just about individuals and people and friends and family. It's about dreams. It's about ideas. It's about hopes. It's about the future. So we can understand that there's been times, right, when you lost that job and you wore like sweatpants for a week straight. <laughs> you're like, this is a little weird, but um, everybody will understand that something's not right because normally you're all put together. But for a week straight, it was sweatpants. And I'm saying like old school sweatpants with the gum around the bottom that's not cool. 
You know what I mean? Not these runners now that the kids wear, you know, the kids. Hey, the kids! And not those things. I'm saying, like, you can clearly see that this person got out of bed and there's a rat's nest in the back of their head because that is not... This is what mourning can look like, right? This is what it looks like on a person. But with an object to feel or express sorrow or grief over, it's this feeling also that we have within us with this object that's an object of this, to grieve or lament over. It's around a specific thing. So we get it as a feeling, but we also get it as something that we place it over, that we mourn over the loss of this thing specifically versus being in mourning. Okay, do you see that little difference there? Slightly different. To utter mournfully, it's, it's the language, what we use. So we see that there is a, a correlation between an understanding of when we lose something, all right, and what it's like to, to experience loss, to experience suffering, to experience these things. And then we look in Corinthians with Paul, and he gives us an understanding of what comfort looks like what comfort looks like. Again, we have all experienced loss, but we all are supposed to experience comfort in it because that's what this life, this blessing looks like from Jesus. Okay, are you with me? So we're gonna look through here. Let me give you some context though of Corinthians and what's happening here. You know, there were four letters that were supposed to go to Corinthians. Only two of them went to that church, all right? This was a church that Paul started as a part of missionary journeys and then he sent folks to help keep it going. This culture was... Terrible, filled with idolatry, okay? Filled with other pagan temples, with literally temple prostitutes at all of them. And this was a term, a, a Corinthian woman was, was typically what you would find even in others, other areas as a woman who was defined as a prostitute because it was so bad around this community, okay? This was like the capital at this point. So you see that this is a big deal in Corinthian where he's speaking to the people of Corinth about what it means to have comfort. I don't know about you guys, but when you get in sketchy situations in, in the community anywhere, maybe you're, you're down in Pittsburgh sometime and, and you look around and a riot breaks out or something. You see, there's like crazy stuff that can happen anywhere. Or you're walking down High Street and you see flaming couches go past you, okay? You get a little freaked out, all right? But imagine living in a community where everything is just crazy around you. You look around and you're trying to live out your Christian faith and you're really in a, in a, in a place of suffering. Because you're like, how in the world, Paul, is this church going to go on? Look around us. We're dying in this. We're suffering here. We're trying to start this church. We're trying to maintain this church. You're sending us people to help us. But Paul, man, we are discouraged. We're, we're doubtful. We're doubtful that this thing will last. We're doubt Does this sound like us at all when we experience discomfort, when we experience suffering? We feel as though we begin to doubt that God's even going to show up in this situation. And we see that we're going to be blessed, that we'll be happy, that we'll find comfort in these moments. So Paul is trying to help us understand what this comfort looks like to the church of Corinth, but also to the church of Morgantown, us today. Okay? So 2 Corinthians 1, Christ, 11. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. We're gonna unpackage this more to make more sense. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same 
sufferings we suffer. Do you sense a negative tone here a little bit, that there's a little bit of suffering, okay? But there's also hope, all right? So we're going to hear about this. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. Paul is setting the stage here. Look, guys, I've been struggling too. You've been struggling in Corinth. I've been struggling every day in all of my life with you. He's saying, look, I get this. I'm with you. I understand what you feel. Suffering is universal is what he's saying. It's just different per, per person, per circumstance, per situation, right? In such a way that he did not even want to feel life. But this happened that we might not only, excuse me, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Just a quick sidebar there, who raises the dead, okay? He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. This is deep stuff here because this is Paul again pleading the case with the church of Corinth saying, look, I get it. I've helped you start this thing, but this is the same thing that's happening everywhere. I can tell you guys, there's suffering all over, especially those who are trying to advance the faith. You ever find that in your life? As soon as you try to do one good thing for God, about a thousand things come falling down on you. You ever feel that? As soon as you take a step toward him, it feels like the enemy wants to push you three steps back. Like this stuff is common. This is what happens everywhere, not just in Corinth, but all over, Paul is saying, even today in Morgantown, right? Suffering is universal. So how do we handle this? How do we walk through this? How do we grab a hold of this understanding of mourning? You know, how do, we, how do we find hope? How do we find redemption? Let's look into the scripture a little further. Number one, we look at it this way. 2 Corinthians 1.3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. What is this comfort thing? What is this comfort thing? This is important for us, to soothe, console, or reassure, bring cheer to. That sounds encouraging to me because for so long, I feel like we're just looking at suffering, but we see comfort here, right? A feeling of ease from grief, grief or trouble. How does this happen? We see through praise, praise. I don't know about you guys, but when I'm in the midst of a, a tough situation, praise is not my typical go-to. Do you ever feel that way? When I'm in a tough situation, I'm like, I want to call somebody that can mourn with me. I want a professional mourner. I want somebody that knows how to wail it out. I want somebody that knows how to cry with me. I want somebody that knows how to just to say, woe is you. Your life is terrible. You know what? You should just quit right now. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, no. Praise, praise, praise. Which is saying, God, I praise you because I'm on my own two feet. Listen, I'm a baby. I'm a, I'm a man, which means I'm a baby when anything happens, all right? I'm a baby. Y'all laugh because you know, Kara, why you raise your hand worshiping back? Praise. She said, I'm praising. You told me to praise, so I'm praising. This stuff, you know what I mean? When you don't feel well, when stuff's weird, right? Kara, you were there when I was just like, are you okay? We're out playing in the yard, and 
And Troy's just like still shooting hoops. He's like, he's weak. Um, but out in the yard, I'm like, I have never felt, I had to sit down and then I like stagger to the, to the house and I'm, you know, like a baby because I'm like, what is wrong? What is wrong? But you know what I've had to choose to do? Is in the middle of it. Say, look, I'm on my own two feet. You know, God has still given me the ability to stand. I'm going to praise despite what is going on around me or swirling around. I'm going to praise regardless because that's all I got. That's all I got. How do you handle stuff in life? You got to start with praise because you're saying that, look, the father of compassion. How did we see passion? We saw passion through the Christ. We saw passion and compassion, one who was with passion, Jesus, as he died for us. So I've got so much to be grateful for, so much to be thankful for, so much to praise about. Think about it. I'm alive. I am alive and semi-well. I'm alive and well. There is such reason to praise because I have someone who has compassion on me and someone who has sent me someone who will give me comfort, his Holy Spirit. Regardless of what's going on, I have comfort. Are y'all with me on this? Are you with me on this? What the heck is that? That, wow. That is crazy. That must be like shooting from somebody's phone right now. That is shooting from somebody's phone. I'm not joking. Turn your phones off. That's what it is. That's some parent's phone shooting it onto the TV. I will shoot some parents. I'm just kidding. It can't be a mother because moms are perfect. I will praise. Come on. Okay. Let's keep rolling. All right. You got one TV. Look that way. Turn off your dang phones when you get to church. All right. Oh, bless the Lord. That was not an illustration for the sermon. I can tell you that much right now. All right. Let's keep rolling. As we find comfort, others will too. As we find comfort, others will too. What do you mean by this? Look at this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we may comfort those in trouble with the comfort ourselves that we receive from God. This is good. This is good. Why? Because we want to turn into babies and get upset when we suffer. We can't ask ourselves, why am I going through this? Meaning, how can I help somebody else? Why am I going through this? Woe is me. Right? We got to get over it. We got to get over it. You're not building your kingdom. You're building his kingdom. And when they see his kingdom in you that is a kingdom of service, they will say, hey, look, I see something different about you. I want to get in with that kingdom because my kingdom's not working out too well for me right now. I want to get that comfort because I see that you have comfort in the midst of one of the hardest situations ever. I want that too. People watch your comfort because they need your comfort. They need his spirit that's in you so that they can build the right kingdom because the default kingdom is woke. It's a lie. Crap's hitting the fan. Everything's terrible. That's a lie. That's a lie. It's a lie. What he's building in you is for someone else. Are you going to let him do it? Shamon. This is good. I, I, I'm enjoying it. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, what is distressed? Are we are in pain, suffering, affecting the body, a bodily part, or the mind? Listen, it is for their comfort. 
It's for their comfort. God's allowing you, like he did Paul, who had a thorn in the flesh, to understand people a little bit more. God forbid you go through something so that you can actually love somebody more. You're distressed. This is what moms want to tell everybody. This is a good Mother's Day message. Grow up, boy. You know what I mean? You know, don't they want to say that sometimes? Okay, I'm just trying to help them out here. I'll take payment at the end. It is for your comfort which in you produces, listen to me, for someone else, patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. Endurance, the ability to withstand hardship or adversity. The act or an instance of enduring suffering. So a long-term ability to endure, but also the one time when it hits you the hardest, you're enduring through that moment. You're showing people by how you receive comfort and how you give comfort, how they too can be comforted. When you're distressed, don't get mad. It's just a sign of blessing. Boom, it's fine. Don't get mad about it. Don't get angry. Don't woe is me. Just say, thank you, God, that you've entrusted this lesson to me. I will share it. As we find comfort, others will too. As we live in his comfort, we find our hope in him. 2 Corinthians 7 through, uh, 1, 7 through 10, we see this. So our hope is firm. I love this. Our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters. Like I said before, Paul went through stuff. Read about it. Terrible stuff, okay, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. Throughout his ministry, crazy stuff, under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. I get it, he's saying. I struggled too. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, that this was the end, it was over. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but only on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril. He will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver, to deliver us. We have set our hope. So often we set our hope on moving targets that are not of him. Think about it. We set our hope on people. We set our hope on jobs. We set our hope on relationships. We set our hope on finances. We set our hope on the church. We set our hope on our connect groups. We set our, are you with me here? We set our hope on all good things. We set our hope on a lot of stuff. But we can only set our hope on him, the one who gives us hope, the only one who raised Jesus from the dead. Are you getting this with me? A singular instance of one person that is greater than anything else. But so often in human nature, we set our hope on the wrong thing. We set our hope on the wrong thing and all of a sudden you realize that thing fell over and your hope fell down with it and your hope got broke. And all of a sudden you feel like I'm hopeless. God wants you to be hopeful. He doesn't want you to be hopeless. He wants you to be hopeful. And I can tell you that situations in life, if you set your hope on them, they will fail you. Your job is not guaranteed forever. Trust me. The pay you agreed to in the beginning may change. Peace does not change Seasons change, things change, but he does not change. It's in his nature. That's why we can set our hope on him. And as we set our hope on him, others will see that and they too will set their hope on him as well. Your life is an example. I think about moms, the greatest example, what it means to be selfless 
Now, I know there's other, I get that. I know there's other contexts. I'm sharing from my story, but there's also other stories as well. I've had such a great example, you know, in a lot of ways of of good mothers and this selflessness. I mean, if I could set my hope on anyone, it would be now Kara as my number one mom in my life, if you will. Mama, not my mama. That would be weird. Okay. And my mom and my mother-in-law. I can set hope on these ladies because I know that they are someone that won't fail me, but yet they're still people and they're not perfect. Therefore, I have to set my hope on him, the one who does not change ever. Because when I do that, I'm showing other people how to do it too. Isn't that good? I'm glad I enjoyed it. Okay. I'm just kidding. Our comfort will continue, and this is so important for us. I, I was wondering, why, why, how does, why is this in this portion of Scripture? This doesn't make sense, but we're going to make sense of it. Our comfort will continue when we lift each other up in prayer. When we lift each other up in prayer. We see at the ending of 2 Corinthians, okay, this 1, 1, 10 through 11. On him we have set our hope, right? You heard this already, that, we will con- that he will continue to deliver us. And we finish this. As you help us, by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in the answer to the prayers of many. There's, let's unpackage this. There's a lot going on right here. Okay, On him we've set our hope as you help us by your prayers. Prayers. So significant. So important. Why? Because when we pray, we take someone, something, whatever situation before the throne room of God. We lift it up and we talk about it to him. And it's funny because we see a cycle here that really starts with prayer. You know, how many of you guys say I had a praying grandma, right? Or I had a praying mother, or I had someone that was praying for me. I know my mom was praying a lot and she didn't even know what was going on. So I'm sure she was praying a whole lot and she didn't know what she was praying about, if you know what I'm saying, okay? But a praying mom. And you think about this, this prayer thing is so important. Why? Because it helps to build in praise, That's how we start. It helps to build in these things that have understanding that we will find comfort. It starts with prayer and understanding that someone is bringing your name before God so that you too can bring someone else's name before God and then they will bring someone else's name before God because it is so important to bring someone before him that needs to find this comfort because in this world, everybody suffers. Everybody experiences loss of something, of someone, of a situation. Everybody experiences loss, and it's so important for us to bring them before. Prayer starts a life cycle, like I said, that will continue to give life beyond its start, develops praise, turns into comfort for us and others, and that comfort we find hope, and that hope will continue on as we pray for another, and the cycle begins, and the result of this and how we want to end today is an understanding that we have peace that we have peace, peace. You think about this, peace. What does peace look like? What does peace look like in your life? We see scripture, Isaiah 26, three, you've heard me share this before. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. Peace, freedom from disquieting, or oppressive thoughts or emotions, suffering. A state of freedom from storm or disturbance, suffering. I love when Jesus gets in the boat and he speaks to the storm and he makes it have peace. 
And it's funny when you look. I don't know if you guys, I love storms. Anybody else like storms? I love it. Because it, it's just so aggressive and so big and so spanning and, and so much happens in such a short amount of time. But I love afterwards. Because we see that the anger, if you will, of the storm has been released and then the peace comes. And this like suffering in our lives sometimes. It's just like, boom, bam, get some more sound effects, all right? Maybe we'll put it on TV here soon, okay? A storm. Someone, can you stream that real quick? Okay, a storm. But the peace that comes after because of the comfort that we find in the one who calms the storm, the Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. We got the prince of confusion, the prince of the air, the enemy that does nothing more than confuse and mess up everything that God desires for your life. But God wants to bring peace so that when you suffer, which you will have, you get this, right? You will have suffering, consider it an honor, okay? When you get it, he will bring you comfort that will lead to peace. So we're, we're going to conclude in a different way this morning. All right. We're going to conclude in a different way. I don't know if you've heard of Hillsong United. They did a little CD of, of Dirt and Grace. Okay. This, this was this album. I shouldn't say CD. That shows that I'm old. This album, if you will, was recorded also on different locations, different locations that are, that are significant. And this song, Prince of Peace, was, was, uh, was filmed in, in Golan. Is that right, Matt? I'm not messing this up. Golan, uh, which is the dividing line between Syria and and Israel. And this, this area that you see is called the, the purple line. And this purple line is a ceasefire area so that there won't be war between the two. It's a cease, it's a safe zone. And what, what we get in life when we, when we serve God, regardless if war is going on around us and suffering and complication and all kinds of things, we have this purple line, this, this purple thread of hope, if you will, that is in between where there's a ceasefire of all the attacks of the enemy. It's called peace. And we want to get to that place with him so that we find his peace. You'll see a depiction of some, some folks that are still finding this type of peace as they find the Prince of Peace. That's what we need. So as we, as we kind of experience this, and this is going to be our closing, which is different. I want to challenge you with something. The person that you're sitting next to, you may have some sort of relationship with, uh, some sort of level of relationship, or, or you may need one of us, if you will, because our team will be here for you as well. We, we want to pray with you we want to pray with you that you will find this peace. That in this world, again, you will have trouble, but an understanding that you will have comfort in him who provides it through his spirit long-term all the time, and that you will have peace. So this is, this is a little bit longer of a song, so you'll have time to respond. But what I want you to do is in this moment, in this moment, I'm challenging you to talk to the person next to you. Maybe it is your spouse, and maybe this is a time to, to, to have a ceasefire between you, okay, and, and talk about some things. But a moment when you take a hold of this peace, all right, and you'll listen to these words, and it'll definitely set the setting for you, okay? And if you would like one of us to pray for you, we're gonna be up here as well, all right? Does that sound good? Does that sound good? There's not many people here watching anyways because we all got problems. It doesn't matter. There you go, all right? Clean the slate, all right? Okay, roll that, and uh, the team that I've asked to come up to, to pray, if you guys would come forward too, if anybody needs us, okay? My heart is stone, clouds raging deep within. The Prince of Peace came bursting through the wind. 
being born, and uh, this was our first child. This was like big deal stuff, you know, young kids having kids kind of thing, you know, and uh, I remember when Kara was saying her water broke, and I remember we were then on the rush to the hospital, and I remember freaking out, you know what I mean, because I'm about to be a dad in like moments, and it was contentious, and it was crazy because her, her, her water didn't break in a normal way. The situation wasn't typical, and I could tell things were getting wild fast, and I'm, of course, you know, getting to the hospital a little bit faster because we were a little further away kind of thing, right, and uh, wanting to make it to the hospital too, but I remember getting there, and there was all this stuff just happening and happening and crazy around me, and all of a sudden, they took her in, and then my little guy was born, and I remember this feeling for, for, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. No, my son is not the Messiah. But I remember the peace that came over me as a father. In that moment, all of the craziness just stopped. And I saw my son for the first time. And I remember like the excitement and all the crazy, but that there was just peace that goes beyond understanding. And there will be no end to the increase of his government, of his peace <coughs> on the throne of David, on over this, his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. God is heaven bent on bringing peace to your life. And that's why he sent his only begotten son. That you can walk through junk like this that we see on TV. And a lot of times we don't want to see it because we don't want to feel it. Because we don't want to know what suffering looks like so that we can find comfort. But you got to go through suffering to find comfort. Moms know all about this. That's why they know what it's like to birth children. And we know what it's like to, to look away and cry, okay? But in this, God is developing something so beautiful that is going to go beyond you, that is going to carry peace to generation to generation. Regardless of what you've suffered, he wants to redeem your suffering so that others don't have to as well. So that we don't have to have purple lines or ceasefires and all these things, that we can have the Prince of Peace in every situation. Let him redeem your suffering. Let him redeem your uncertainty. Let him redeem your lack of peace because in that you are creating peace for someone else when you allow him to use you. Moms, you're always, always willing to step up to the bat. And dads, it's just not in us sometimes. It's natural. It's not your fault. It's not your problem. It's, it's a maternal thing versus a paternal thing, okay? It's, but help us, help us, God, help us to be willing to step up in new ways, to experience this morning, the suffering, so that others can have comfort and peace. So in your uncertainty, in your un unknowing, and un in all of the things you don't know, know that the Prince of Peace has been born and that he wants to build his kingdom in you so that you can build it in someone else too. All right? Important stuff. Big stuff. You'll be blessed. You'll be happy. 
true happiness, heavenly happiness in this when you allow it to happen, all righty? God's good, I'm telling you guys. You gotta let him move in your life, and when he does, you're gonna see the Beatitudes flow out of you in a new way, and other people too. You'll be blessed, and you'll share the blessing. So as folks roll out today, uh, we're still gonna pray for folks if you'd like that. I really wanna challenge you to that. Be willing to receive prayer uh, and belief. I think it's a new, um, not new, it's a new old thing that we have to remember as a church to pray for one another, you know, because in that we'll help others praise, we'll help them find comfort, we'll help them find hope. Are you getting this? Are you, are you picking up what I'm putting down? So if you want to stick around and pray a little bit, you got to go from it's mama's day, that's fine too, but we want to pray with you, okay? So as folks leave, um, we love you. Happy Mother's Day. Go celebrate, have fun. If you want to stick around and talk for a moment and pray, we'll do that too, all right? Does that sound good? Make sure you grab the bombs on the way out because you're the bomb. Love you.